The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. Welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host, and my name is Steven. How's it going out there, everybody in the world? Everybody in the world, tell me how is it going with yourself? You know, it's always a special day when I can give you a little song. Just a little song. Just a little something to carry you through the day. You'll be going throughout your day and... That song is just gonna—it's gonna be in your head all day long. How's it going? I—I I honestly can't remember what I sang, but hey, that's not really important right now. What's important is the book that I want to talk about today because it's an amazing freaking book from DC Comics from their Black Label imprint, Wonder Woman: Dead Earth, number one. This is by Daniel Warren Johnson, writer and artist, with Mike Spicer. On colors, and this was released on December 18th, 2019. And we're getting a new one February 19th, two months between the two books. That's kind of crazy, but it's like 50 pages or something like that 48 pages. It's a good book. It's the black label. If you're not aware, this is an imprint of DC Comics that is, it's meant to present to you like the traditional DC Universe characters, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Kite Man, you know, and, but present them for mature audiences. And they're going to be standalone stories, miniseries, that, that type of thing. And that's what this is. Now, some of the black label books, like there's the, the Batman, the famous Batwang that was in the, the first Black Label book, which was a Batman book. Some some of them are, are going that route and not only just being violent and, and just throwing it all out there for everybody to see, including Batman's thing. This is a uh, mature reader book. Really, at least for this first issue, it's mainly due to the violence. And the violence is, it's pretty bloody, but it's mostly against monsters so really, you know, that's okay. Violence against monsters is fine because they're monsters, right? So this is a book that is set in the future. This is a post-apocalyptic DC universe, DC world. There is a group of survivors. There's like these four survivors that are out scavenging. We find out they're in Old Gotham, which, okay, and they're attacked by a monster. And the monsters they call Hedras. And apparently they're all over. There's a crap ton of them. But as they're escaping from this monster, they, they try to hide in a cave. And they, the cave is, is, it's more of a, just a big 
leads into a big hole in the ground. And so they, they jump into the hole, not knowing how far the drop is or what might even be beneath him. But whatever it is, it's probably going to be better than the monster, even if it is a quick death. But they find themselves in this cavern. They, they land on like this giant tank, not giant. It's like a coffin-sized tank with tubes and whatnot coming out of it and a big glass top. And they, 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 hit, they land on this top of this, this freaking tank and it, and it breaks. And then the monster is there and they're trying to fight the monster, but it's too powerful for them. But then Wonder Woman is there. She was in the tank. She was in suspended animation. And she's not really quite sure what's going on, but she sees a monster attacking humans and she's all over it. But she quickly learns that she's not as strong as she remembers being. She knows that she should be stronger. And in fact, she her powers are quite depleted. She's still super strong, but not near what she was in the old days. She can't fly. She doesn't have her, well, she calls them gauntlets. She's not dressed in the Wonder Woman outfit. She's in this white bodysuit. And we learn after she kills the monster by ripping out its throat that we are in the Bat Cave. She starts, things start coming back to her just a bit. She's like, I, I know this place. And so they go up into the mansion and there's this really creepy image of Batman sitting on a couch, dead. It's just his skeleton with the, with the Batman costume on. And it's kind of weird. It was kind of a weird image because it almost looks like he was just sitting there drinking a beer and he died and that's how he died. But I doubt Batman was just sitting on a couch drinking a beer. I'm sure there's a reason he was sitting on the couch. We just don't know what that is. But I find it weird. I guess if Batman is going to be sitting anywhere, you expect him to be sitting in some type of command chair in the middle of a bank of monitors, not a not a couch. So I found that kind of funny. It's kind of weird. Maybe it wasn't Batman. We don't know. We don't know for sure that it was Batman. Just somebody sitting on a couch, dead, skeleton, with a Batman costume on. Maybe it was Alfred. Who knows? We don't know. So Wonder Woman learns that at some point in the past, there was a, a, a war and atom bombs, and it destroyed everything because... While, while they're up in the mansion, she looks out and the room that they're in, basically it's, it's wide open to the open air. The, the whole wall is missing. The ceiling is missing. And everything that she can see is nothing but desert and sand and craters and the sky is red. And it just, it looks like a desolate post-apocalyptic land. And of course she's confused because she doesn't know, she can't remember how she got in the tank. She can't remember how she was put in suspended animation. She remembers being Wonder Woman, that she was a protector of Earth. And when she's telling these four people that, you know, they're like, where, where are you from? And she's like, I'm from, I'm from the world before this. And I used to, my, my job was protecting humans. And they said, well, you, you didn't do a very good job of it. But she decides to accompany them back to their camp. And as they're arriving at their camp, we learn that they tricked her. And one of them sneaks up behind her and he's going to hit her in the back of the head with a club, which of course she knows is going to happen because she's freaking Wonder Woman. And so she quickly turns around and grabs the club, but they knew she was going to do that because then another one 
jabs her in the neck with a freaking hypodermic needle and squish, just squishes the green liquid in, and she falls unconscious on the ground. They take her into their ruler, Thaden, who's uh, not a very good ruler. He's very, he right away when they come in, he's very, did you bring me anything this time? And they say, well, yeah, we brought you this this woman. And he's like, oh, very nice. Everybody's going to get extra rations today because I got me a new lady. And he kind of proclaims, this is going to be my new woman. She may even be my wife. I I may even let her marry me after I'm done doing what I'm going to do to her. And what I'm going to do to her is going to be pretty gross and pretty evil, probably. He just looks like an evil guy. Well, she wakes up and hears all this and she knocks him across the room. I don't think so, buddy. Bam! Knocks him across the room. He's not too happy about that. And he throws her into the pits. And she's forced to battle one of his monsters, quote-unquote monsters. Now, this isn't one of the Hedras. It turns out to be the cheetah. And she's very mutated. She's, she's a cheetah. She's like an anthropomorphic cheetah woman. But one of her arms has got a freaking cheetah head on it, like freaking Voltron. And the side of her face, where that arm is, her mouth extends all the way up to her ear on that side of her face. And the teeth are just sticking straight out. And it is freaking creepy as heck. Wonder Woman recognizes her right away, and they, but they fight for the amusement of everybody. In the meantime... A horde of these these monsters, these Hydra, whom the 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 four people and I, I didn't write down their names. I don't remember their names. It was D and Edig and Tal and Jonesy. I think was the other one. These four who brought Wonder Woman in. They tell her at one point that the Hydra. They don't know if it, these were creatures that were created from the fallout of the atom bombs, but they've always been there. This has happened so long ago. Whatever destroyed the earth happened so long ago that these four were born into this world. They don't remember what life was like before. And they, the, the Hedra were already there when they were born. So a horde of them attack their camp, which is a big, it's like a big building. There's an arena. There's a, it's a whole city type of place. And the guards, the, the, the soldiers are trying to hold them back. But the things get into the city and they they overrun the, the Colosseum where Wonder Woman and the Cheetah are fighting. And the Hedra look like they're going to win. But then Wonder Woman starts fighting them. And she uh, she basically leads the soldiers into kicking this Hedra butt. And the soldiers are like, what what is what is your name? And she says, mine. Well, she doesn't she doesn't tell him. I, I don't remember why. I don't remember the purpose of this. But they ask her her name. I think she may be like, well, that's not really important or I don't know. But D, one of the four that found her, says her name is Diana. And they're like, Diana, Diana. And they start ch- cheering and chanting, you know, savior of their, I can't remember the name of their camp. And there's a moment before Wonder Woman is pulled into the arena to fight where she she's in a cell and D comes down and, and they're talking. And D's like, she's like, you know, I'm sorry that this had to happen. We didn't have a lot of choice. And Wonder Woman says, that's fine. Because uh, I love you. And Dee's like, what? You don't even know me. And Wonder Woman kind of explains her outlook on life and that her 
role in the world is to protect humans and she doesn't need to know them to know that she loves them and she talks about the first man the first person the the that she truly ever fell in love with which we know is scott trevor they they give you a couple of flashes of scott trevor twice in the book you'd you'd have to know who he is to understand maybe maybe they will explain it later in the series i don't know how many books there are going to be in this series but maybe they will talk about him more but at this point if you don't know who steve trevor is yeah why did i say scott good lord if you don't know who steve trevor is you don't you don't know what these little flashes mean and, and exactly who she's talking about but that's that's who she's talking about and uh, you know the love she had for him, and the way he looked at the world, and it's been. And it, she didn't know any other people other than the than the other Amazons before he arrived, and it through him she fell in love with the rest of the human race and and all this stuff and and uh, but anyway, so she helps them defeat the Hydra. She is instrumental in defeating them and saving their town, and they're they're chanting her name, and they basically give her control. And she points at Thaden and she says, put him in the cell that I was in. The cheetah tries to kill him. And Wonder Woman tries to, you know, she's holding her back. And she's like, no, you can't just, the, we we have to be better than this. And the cheetah's, you don't know what he's done to me. You don't understand. You don't know. And, uh, but Wonder Woman doesn't let the cheetah kill him. And cheetah runs away and they put him in a cell and that's that's kind of how it ends she's she's now in charge of this group and uh good lord it was a good book i am so happy for this book because if you don't know if the if the name daniel warren johnson isn't striking any chords with you i've talked about him before on at least 3 other episodes he's the guy that did murder falcon and extremity and murder falcon is this book that i stumbled across last year I think it was eight issues, and the further into the series I got, the more I loved it. It was, it was just such a good book, and I want to go back and reread it. I feel like this is going to be, there's, there's a handful of books that I like to read over and over and over again, and this is going to be one of them because Murder Falcon was just so good. And so through Murder Falcon, I read Extremity, which was a longer series It it uh, was collected in two different trades and I did two different episodes for each trade and then at one point I read as I'm really you know here's this guy Daniel Warren Johnson I've never heard of before he's done a couple of other things he's done art for uh, a, another book the name of which I can't remember and he did a web comic that I think was called Space Mullet that I haven't really gotten into too much but Murder Falcon really put him on my radar and so immediately I was seeking stuff out from him and I found Extremity and I read it and I loved it. And I was getting very curious about if he was going to do anything new. Because at that point, everything I'd read from this guy had all already been published. And both Murder Falcon and Extremity, he was the writer and the artist. And then Mike Spicer did colors for both of those books too. And these two guys together just create just beautiful books. I mean, the artwork, the only word I can really use that I can think of that immediately pops into my head to describe his artwork is just a very dynamic, kinetic, full emotion type of art. You really get a sense of motion from his art. He's got this, he's got this thing that he does. 
it's kind of like manga. You know where manga will will they they do the motion lines and you you really get a sense of uh people running across the panel and jumping at the screen and all that stuff and he's he's really good at that, but he also does this thing where he does a uh he'll draw the lines on somebody blurry and at first the first time I saw it I thought it was just one of those things that they did they started doing in the 90s when digital coloring became a thing and they wanted to try to show a sense of motion or whatnot. They would digitally blur the image or blur part of the image, you know, to make somebody look like their arm was moving super fast. And for a moment when I first saw him do this, that's what I thought it was. And then I realized, no, that's not it at all. He's drawing the line in such a way that it looks like it's blurring. And it's it doesn't look like a... Uh, I mean, for an artist, if I was an artist, I would look at that and go, oh, I see what he's doing. That that seems like a rather simple, effective tool. And I'm sure other people have done it many, many times. But it blows me away for some reason. There's like a moment when when they fall into the cave and the Hydra drops down. There's just, you just get this sense with with both the uh, the lettering of the the sound effect and then the motion lines and the, the the way the thing is drawn in this slight blur, you just, it feels like I just watched that panel in a movie theater. Just boom, this thing just dropping from the sky and this sense of foreboding and, oh crap, we're into it now. That's just, there's not a lot of books these days that 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 pull that kind of excitement and emotion out of me the way this book does, the way... Murder Falcon did and the way Extremity did and the way this book is doing. And I was so pleased and happy when I read online last month or the, the, the month before that this book was coming up. And again, I don't know how many issues it's going to be, but honestly, I'll be honest with you. If this was the only issue he did on this story, I would be happy with it. It has a, it has a satisfying ending for an issue. That if they didn't go any further, I'd be, I'd be, okay, I would love to explore more about this world. And I'm sure based on his previous books, the way he, he seems to open up his stories, not exactly small. They seem big. This seems like a, a big scale, this horde of monsters and, and this big battle. And it's like, wow, this is, this is epic. This is an epic first issue. But if he does what he's done before, it's just going to get bigger. It's just going to get more epic. It's going to get more emotional. I oh, I hope he doesn't let me down. But that's that's exactly what happened in Murder Falcon, and that's exactly what happened in Extremity. I started both of those books just being blown away, just loving the story. And then as I got further into it, every once in a while, it's like, holy crap, this just got bigger and better. How could it get any bigger and better than this? This is the best thing I've ever... Holy crap, it just got bigger and better than that! And it just kept doing that to me. And I have a feeling that he's going to do that with this one. I don't know if there's going to be any other established DC characters in this book. If there are, oh, I'd really like to see some Green Arrow. But again, the only way... I mean, I don't know how Cheetah has survived this long. I'm assuming it has something to do with her mutation. Something about her mutation, I guess, has has given her long life. Maybe she's she heals easily. I I don't know. And so that that has given her this longevity because obviously whatever has happened to the earth happened at least ha happened over a generation ago. If 
this group of four people, Edig and Tal, and that's Tal, T-A-L, not Towel. I want to make sure that that's Edig and Tal and Jonesy and D. They they all look to be about anywhere between 18, I don't know, 16 to 18, 20, 22 years old, somewhere around there. So we know that whatever happened to this world was at least, I don't know, 30 years previously. At the very least, they they grew up in this. This is the way the world was when they were born. But they make it feel like it's it's way further in the future, at least three generations, at the least. All the guards and the soldiers that, you know, that were guarding the town, they were wearing almost plate mail medieval armor like a knight and had swords and spears and and whatnot. If this was only about 30 or 40 years ago that this all happened, they'd probably still be wearing somewhat modern clothing, if not, you know, rags, fingerless gloves, you know, Mad Max style, and they'd have guns and probably still some working cars at that point. But there's none of that in this book. So, so you really get the sense that this is way, way for farther, bleh, way, way into the future, at least three or four generations. So if they are, if they do, I could see him introducing Superman, but I would like, if Superman is still around, why is the world the way it is? So it's just, there's a lot of questions, but it's primarily, it's a Wonder Woman book. And Daniel Warren Johnson is knocking it out of the park. So by the time with with this episode out, book number two should only be a week or two away. I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to release this episode. I know I the plan the plan is to have it out there before issue two comes out. So if you haven't read issue number one yet, issue number two is coming very soon. I urge you, if you're a even if you're not, you don't hear you don't have to be a DC fan. Again, they don't explain who this guy is that Wonder Woman was in love with. If you know the origin of Wonder Woman, you know that it's Steve Trevor. They talk very briefly about her origin. Very, very, very tiny. There's there's a scene at the beginning where she's a child and she's on Themyscira with Hippolyta. And Hippolyta is telling her, you know, I I created you from from the earth, from the clay and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And, and uh and I do want to say that at the end of the book, she's now, she's now in control of these people. She's, you know, she's their leader. And she basically tells them, you don't have to live like this. I want to help you. I'm going to take you to the one place that should still be a safe haven in this world. I'm going to take you to Themyscira. So I probably should have said that earlier. That's kind of, I guess, going to be the main premise of the book. She's now taking this group of people to Themyscira. What are they going to run into? What are the obstacles that they're going to have to encounter? Is there, obviously there's going to be a big bad at some point. Is it just, is it going to be Thaden or is there somebody else? Is there something that leads the Hydra? Is there some kind of king or queen monster? You know, who knows? We'll see. I think it's going to be a heck of a ride. And I don't buy many new issues. Y'all know that. I can't afford that. I'm a low-rent fanboy, but I jumped on this right away. And it's definitely, I'm definitely going to keep buying these issues as they come out. It helps knowing that it's just a limited series. If I'm going to spend my money on something like that, it helps to know that it's just a limited series. But 
I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you, get out there and buy this freaking book if you don't have it. Okay? Get out there and get it. Or wait for the trade. Either one. You're going to like it. I can't guarantee that. I don't know what you like. I don't know what you're... If, if I'm not going to... You know what? Buy it or not. I've told you how I feel about the book. Daniel Warren Johnson is, will, is and will forever now be one of those creators that is in my top pantheon of creators that I'm going to follow until the end of my days or until he does something that I don't like anymore. You know, that could happen. But until that happens, and hopefully it won't, this is the end of an episode. My name is Steven. I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other, folks. Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash stephenrorr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at stephenorelse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at stephenorelse. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Good job.